What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Book Blurbs. My name is Kenneth, and I'm your host for this podcast. Now, I have to confess, I did not read a short story or a book for this episode. I've been really busy trying to catch up on my blogging. I run two different blog sites, so that took away time from my reading for me this week. But don't worry, I've got something special planned for this episode regardless. Today, we're doing a bookshelf tag. So stay tuned and find out all you've ever wanted to know about what's on my bookshelf. Before we get into the meat of the episode, I had been kind of teasing that I was going to be getting some new equipment for this podcast in the later portions of the 2019 episodes, and I'm happy to announce that this is the very first inaugural episode with me using my new Blue Yeti microphone. I got this during the Cyber Monday Amazon sale, so please let me know how you think it is. I'm still messing around with it and learning the ropes with it. Not only the microphone itself, but also Audacity, the free audio editing program that I use for the post for the audio from this microphone. So let me know what you think of it. If you have any tips on best practices for it, I'd appreciate those. Because like I said, right now, I'm just kind of playing along with it and learning it from trial and error. So today's episode, as I said, is going to be a bookshelf tag. And that entails 15 questions that I've picked out and prepared that will be answered by items on my bookshelf, if not the bookshelf itself. So let's jump right into it. Number one, describe your bookshelf and where you got it from. I believe I got my bookshelf from the Container Store, probably in Houston, I want to say. It is a wooden bookshelf. It has three shelves that can actually fold in and then the sides can fold in. So it's really easy to transport and pick up and go if you're moving, so I've really appreciated that about it. It's very sturdy, and it just gets the job done. Number two, how is your bookshelf organized? There isn't really a hard set organization to it, but there is um, some basic organization. So the very bottom shelf is mostly academic books, books that I've retained from my college classes. There's a lot of constitutional law books down there from when I thought I wanted to become a lawyer. Uh, There are some history books, actually a lot of history books, mainly pertaining to American history, because that's what I kind of specialized in with my major in school. There are some communication books down there, like uh, there's a propaganda book from my special topics propaganda class in college. There are a couple of writing books, just best practices in writing and tips regarding the trade. And then there are also some Shakespeare books down there. For example, there is Antony and Cleopatra, Macbeth, King Lear. So there's a little bit of a Shakespeare corner down there. And then um, 
just some random little bits and pieces uh, accompanying all that. On shelf two, shelf two is mainly made up of my fiction books. The big chunk of that shelf is just all fiction, and it can range from, you know, older classic fiction, like A Clockwork Orange, to uh, newer fiction like Scythe. So shelf two is mostly uh, all my fiction books. And then the top shelf is a mixture of all sorts of things. So on the far left, I've got some what I guess you would call coffee table books. I've got this giant encyclopedia of Lost, which is my favorite show from television. I've got some books on the US Open that are really nice. The middle section of the top shelf is religious books. There's the Catechism of the Catholic Church. There's some books by Catholic authors. And then on the right, there's a little more fiction. There's the Chronicles of Narnia, which kind of fits in with the faith spiritual books. There is a couple of uh, Charles Dickens books. And uh, rounding it out is uh, the Hamilton book from Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, and then behind all of that, on the second layer of the top shelf, are some manga that I was gifted. So that is how my bookshelf is organized. Number three, and probably the easiest question to answer on here. Do you have more than one copy of a book on your shelf? No. Number four, what is the longest book on your shelf? Easily Les Mis by Victor Hugo. Uh, my copy comes in at 1,460 pages. I don't know when or if I will ever tackle that behemoth um, just because <laughs> it is such a commitment. And I'm so familiar with the, the musical version, so I kind of already know the basic plot of it. But maybe one day I'll tackle Les Mis. A uh, funny story with Les Mis, uh, that is a gift from a friend because one time when I was at Half Price Books, this guy saw me roughly near Les Mis, kind of just browsing, and he would not stop recommending it to me. So I told a friend about that, and as a kind of gag gift, he gave me Les Mis. So that is my longest shelf on the book. Number five, what is the shortest shelf, uh, shortest book on your shelf? The shortest book on my shelf is Coming Down the Mountain, How to Turn Your Retreat into Everyday Living by Thomas Hart. That comes in at 101 pages. It's very skinny. I got this book as a gift when I completed my first axe retreat, and for those of you who aren't really familiar with Axe, it's a weekend retreat where you go off and stay overnight. And this book is kind of supplementary material for your retreat after you've finished because you're on such a spiritual high. But it's inevitable that that high will kind of 
die down quickly over time. So this book is meant to kind of prolong that high and give you advice on how to just keep that feeling with you throughout the year after your retreat. Number six, name a book on your shelf that you received as a Christmas gift. I think I have a couple on my shelf that I received as a Christmas gift, but the one that I picked out for this question is The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. And I opened up the front cover of the book and there's an inscription there that says, Kenneth, Christmas 2001, love you, dad and mom. So this is a Christmas gift I received in 2001 from dad and mom and I have read it. I can't remember if I've actually read the Lord of the Rings trilogy, so I'll have to look into that. I know when I read The Hobbit, I enjoyed it, but there were parts that were a little bit slow for me and kind of dragged on, but that could have been due to the fact that I probably read this, probably eventually read it when I was close to junior high or so. And it is a, a children's book. The author has said that before. But maybe it's getting close to time for me to do a reread of it. And then I can tie that in with the actual Lord of the Rings trilogy of books. And just kind of connect all of them together for one solid reading experience. Number seven. Do you have any books that you received from a friend as a present? I do. As I mentioned on the top shelf, I have an assortment of manga, including Full Metal Alchemist, Hunter x Hunter, Soul Eater, and Dead Man Wonderland. I received this from one of my college friends who's really into manga and anime and introduced me to the wonderful, wonderful world of One Piece, which is probably my favorite anime, and it's still running now. The manga itself is still running as well. No end in sight with it. So I haven't had a chance to sit down and read through any of these manga, but I have been saving them for a rainy day and will get to them. I wanted to throw in another book for this question too, which is Watership Down by Richard Adams. And this was a major gag gift. I told another college friend about my experience when I was at a Half Price Books, and I think it's when I was picking up some of the Shakespeare books I mentioned from my bottom shelf. And this guy, this random stranger, probably around my age, just came up behind me and whispered in my ear, Watership Down. And I just kind of slowly turned and looked at him and I was like, sorry, what? And he told me, dude, Watership Down, hands down, the best book ever written. You have to get it. And I was like, I I don't think I've ever even heard of Watership Down. And he's like, oh man, just buy it. Buy it. Go into it with no expectations, with no idea of what it's about. You're going to love it. And... I was just politely like, okay, thanks for the recommendation, man. And he kind of drifted away. So I went back to looking through the Shakespeare books, Shakespeare books, because I think they were on sale that night. And 
this guy pops up on the other side of the shelf that I'm looking at and goes, Watership down, man. And I was like, okay, I will get to that. Don't worry. And he like disappeared beneath the shelf again. So I went back to picking up some of the books and then I'm about to turn the corner and this guy pops out of nowhere and goes, did you get Watership down? And <laughs> I was like, I, I've got to go. Thanks for the recommendation. Catch you later. And uh, I ran over to the counter, bought my books and was out of there. But I told my friend about it. And sure enough, on my birthday, I opened up a present and it's nothing other than Watership Down. So I have not read Watership Down yet, but if it's as good as this random stranger in Half Price Books was telling me, I should definitely put it close to the top of my reading list. So that is the first seven questions of this bookshelf tag. I'm going to take a quick break right here, and when we get back, we'll hit the other questions. So stick around for that. Welcome back to this episode of Book Blurbs. Today's episode is a special bookshelf tag, and we stopped at number seven, so we'll jump right back in here at number eight. What is the last book on your shelf that you read? That would be Star Wars Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse. Check out the episode of Book Blurbs on Star Wars Resistance Reborn to see what I thought of that book. Number nine. What is the newest addition to your bookshelf? The newest addition to my bookshelf is Compendium 4 of The Walking Dead by Robert Kirkman, which collects issues 145 to 193. I used to be a really big fan of The Walking Dead show. In recent years, it's kind of gotten muddled and maybe gone on for too long for its own good, and it really drags. It hits high points in the season opener, the mid-season, and then the finale of the season, but in between, it almost feels like an, a lot of unnecessary filler. But the comic books, the origin of the show, is really worth checking out and reading because, first of all, a lot of characters are still alive in the comic books that have already died in the TV show. And secondly, the artwork is amazing. It's captivating and gruesome, just like you'd want this zombie apocalyptic horror story to be. And third, the comics have now reached their end. Issue 193 is the last issue of The Walking Dead. So while the show is still going, the comics have reached their end point. So if it annoys you that the show takes forever to reach a new plot point, or you feel like it drags off and does unnecessary tangents, then the comic book is the way to go. It it follows the, the story throughout, doesn't really go off on unnecessary tangents. And yeah, I mean, I've only read, them, read the comics through these compendiums, 
So I've been waiting a long time for this fourth and final one to come out, so I'm excited to jump back into it. I might have to do a little bit of a Wikipedia plot summary read-through of the first three compendiums, just so I'm up-to-date and refreshed on what's actually going on in the comic book world versus the TV show world. So I'm excited to read through and see how Robert Kirkman wraps everything up. Number 10, what is a book on your shelf that you would not let out of your sight? I'm going to cheat a little bit on this one and say not just a book, but a whole book series and go with the Harry Potter series by J.K. Rowling. That book series was so transformative in my youth, and I kind of felt like I was growing up with Harry as I was reading each new installment because his age roughly corresponded with mine in terms of the books coming out. And it was amazing how J.K. Rowling created this whole new world and really got you to care for each and every one of the characters in the books. Now, if Cursed Child happens to go missing from my collection... I wouldn't really bat an eye too much at that one just because that is an absolute travesty to the whole Harry Potter series. And I still can't believe that was approved and considered part of the collection. To me, it'll always be just books one through seven and in there. So the Harry Potter series, the core series, is a set of books I would be hard-pressed to part with. Number 11. What is a book on your shelf that has been there for a while and you have still not read? I am going to award that one to Brissinger by Christopher Paolini. Brissinger is the third book in the Aragon or Inheritance Cycle trilogy, or I guess it's more of a more four books now, so not a trilogy anymore. But it's the third book in that series. I read Aragon and Eldest uh, roughly when they came out. But then I guess, maybe correct me if I'm wrong on this, but Brissinger kind of took a little bit longer to come out. So there was a longer period of waiting between books two and three. And I guess it was just too long of a period for me. And I went on to read other things and kind of forgot about Brissinger and the inheritance cycle, but it's not out of, you know, not wanting to read it. I remember really enjoying Aragon. That memory was a bit tarnished by the movie that came out. The movie was absolute garbage, even worse than a lot of uh, book-to-movie adaptations, but uh, really enjoyed reading Aragon. I don't really remember Eldest all that much. Um, So I do want to get back and read uh, Brissinger and then the final book in the series, the fourth book. I can't remember what it's called at this moment, but in order to read Brissinger in the last book, I know I'm going to have to go all the way back to the start and reread Aragon and Eldest just so I'm up to speed with everything that's going on with the characters and the plot. Number 12. Do you have a signed book on your shelf? 
I do. That would be Hollow Kingdom by Kira Jane Buxton. That's the next book I'm planning on reading. I picked up Hollow Kingdom from Powell City of Books in Portland, Oregon, which is basically book heaven for book lovers. It is so big and so massive that you need basically a roadmap to navigate your way through the bookstore. And each section of the store is color-coded. So there's like the gold room that has a certain genre of books. Uh, They might have a purple room that's dedicated to travel. The green room might be outdoors, nature kind of stuff. The blue room might be cooking. The red room might be all fiction books. It's an amazing place. And... Hollow Kingdom was one of the, what they call, Powell's Picks. So they had different picks by, I guess, the uh, staff members there that they had singled out. And Hollow Kingdom is a relatively new book. And the cover plus the pick by the workers there just sold me on it. And a nice little bonus was that it had been signed by the author when she was in the store recently, just before I had gotten there, I think a couple weeks before I was there, actually. So Hollow Kingdom is one of the signed books on my shelf. Number 13, do you have a complete book series on your shelf? So I won't use the Harry Potter series because I use that as an answer to another question. So another complete book series that I have is the Keys to the Kingdom series by Garth Nix. He's an Australian writer, I believe, and this is a seven-book series published between 2003 and 2010 that follows a 12-year-old protagonist named Arthur who has been chosen as the rightful heir of the house, which is the center of the universe in this story. In order to take control of the house, Arthur must defeat the seven criminal trustees of the house known as the Morrow Days and claim their keys to really take control of the house and the universe. I really had a fun time reading through that series. I love how each of the Morrow Days kind of represents a different one of the seven deadly sins the way the will of the house works and the keys with their different powers is all just a really fun adventure. Number 14, what is the most depressing, sad, or heavy book on your shelf that you've read? The heaviest book on my shelf in terms of emotion that I've read is The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Margaret Atwood. Sorry. Um, The Handmaid's Tale, it's well-written, it's deserving of the acclaim it gets, but it was a real challenge for me to finish this book. It is fictional, but with the way things are going in our world, it almost seems not too far off from non-fiction in points, and it's very bleak and almost hopeless with our main character and what she experiences. 
and the way this world has become structured in this not too distant future. So I would say The Handmaid's Tale is the most depressing or sad, heavy book that I've read on my shelf. Our last final question here, what is the book on your shelf that brings back fond memories growing up? Again, I'm going to cheat a little bit and say a series or two series really here that I have. Uh, the first one is A Series of Unfortunate Events by Lemony Snicket. I remember growing up, I would constantly research when the next one of these books was coming out because I couldn't get enough of it with Klaus and Sonny and... I am blanking on the eldest Baudelaire child right now. Violet. There we go. Violet. Um, and their constant trials with Count Olaf. They're, for the most part, ignorant guardians and how they have to deal with adults just not believing and trusting them. Great, great series of books. The way that Lemony Snicket uh, writes them with his tone is so entertaining. So that's the first series that brings back really fond memories for me. The second book series that I'm going to use to answer this question is the Red Wall series. And on my bookshelf, I have Lord Brocktree, which is chronologically the first in the series. And I also have Martin the Warrior. And this book series by was written by Brian Jacques. And again, same thing. I was growing up in school and I clearly remember trying to speed through my classwork so that I could ask the teacher if I could go to the library and check out the next book in this series. It's a fantasy world that is told from the perspective of animals. So, for example, uh, Martin the Warrior is a mouse, and Lord Brocktree is a badger. And each story is set in this world of Redwall and follows usually a different character. Uh, we get a different protagonist each book. And they have to face a threat to Redwall, or they have to discover who they are as a hero. Uh, they have to fight different villains. And yeah, I mean, loved looking forward to each new installment of Redwall. And it was a big part of my childhood. Couldn't wait to get my hands on those books, like the series of unfortunate event books. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this special bookshelf tag episode of Book Blurbs, and I hope you've enjoyed the quality of the Blue Yeti microphone. Let me know if you did by going on social media at bookblurbs19 on Facebook and Twitter. Send an email to bookblurbs19 at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail for the podcast at www.anchor.fm slash bookblurbs. And I invite you to leave a positive rating on the, of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Until next time, my name is Kenneth, 
I've been your host, and this has been another episode of Book Blurbs. Take care. <laughs>